What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hear me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, and the list goes on and on and on. I will then sit with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's my disclaimer. My uh, my advice might not be good for you because I am not infallible. If that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that doesn't help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church. But if my advice is helpful, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Christ in prayer, study, fellowship, and worship so that God can give you the graces that you might need to fulfill the demands of discipleship over time in your walk toward eternity. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. That's A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can share us on your social media pages. That will help other people to find out about the show. If it's been good for you, potentially it could be good for them as well. Also, if you want to get connected with me outside the podcast, you could buy my new book, On Earth As It Is In Heaven. It is available now. It came out a month early, so I'm super excited about it. Uh, you could get the book at www.essentialpress.com slash on earth. In this book, I address the racial divide and practical ways that we can be used by the Holy Spirit to cultivate unity in the body of Christ and thus console the heart of Jesus Christ. On today's show, we're going to address three questions. One, about donating our bodies to science. Number two, about the Old Testament saints. And number three, about Veronica, the woman who wiped the face of Christ. And so with that, let's go ahead and share Gloria's story. So my glory story is this. I got to go to Assisi in Rome for Holy Week. Man, y'all, it was so, so, so anointed. It was so anointed. The moment I got into Rome, it was just like prayer was so, so easy. And the scriptures were just beautiful. And I, I just, I could have prayed for, like, it was just, it was so beautiful. The intimacy with Christ. Yeah, it was just so good. It was so beautiful. And um, we went from Rome first, got to Sisi for uh, the Triduum. And yeah, being next to the body of Blessed Carlos and being by the body of St. Clair and being by the relic of St. Francis and so many other saints in the Sisi, they just the holy land is so anointed. And it was, uh, yeah, again, easy to pray. And it, it, was, it was a struggle, I guess, being away from the Eucharist on Holy Saturday. So normally as a priest, I, uh, yeah, I've never actually been away from the Eucharist on Holy Saturday because I... I uh, have a number of hosts that are, that I you know reserve in my other tabernacle um, in my rectory, and so I've always been able to still sit with the Lord. And this was the first time in my entire priesthood because I was on pilgrimage that I I didn't have the Eucharist until that night until the Easter Vigil. Uh, to and I just I longed for Him so much. I longed to be in the presence of Jesus so much, and I felt this profound ache. And I was like, man, is this, this must be what the people experience all the time. But it was also super beautiful because the, the scriptures, the Lord just revealed himself to me in a powerful way in the word of God. And I am so grateful for the word of God. 
got back to Rome after the Easter vigil, I mean, after the Easter Sunday Masses, and spent a couple of days there praying, and that was also really lovely. And yeah, y'all, I just, prayer is everything. If, if you don't pray, pray. If you don't pray, just pray. You got to pray. Prayer, prayer satisfies. People don't satisfy. Ministry don't satisfy. Yeah, assignments won't satisfy. Only prayer. Prayer with Jesus. So go pray if you ain't pray. That's the glory story. First question comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous writes this. What does the Catholic Church say about donating your body to science, such as to a medical school? So the church is pretty clear in their teaching that it is allowable right, to donate our bodies uh, for medical research as long as, as there is an appropriate committal of the body according to the church's guidelines for, for burial. Um, so once the research is done once they are finished with the research at the medical school there needs to be um, some appropriate documents uh, that are legal that uh, mandate that the body or what is you know certainly left of the body will be returned to the family so that the family can then bury the body appropriately right the body needs to be um, in a cemetery somewhere so that people in the community can can pray for your loved one for years to come, right? Because if we don't bury the body, eventually then what's gonna happen is the person might be forgotten. If the person is forgotten, then who's gonna offer masses for that person on, on Holy Souls, on All Souls Day? Who's gonna, who's gonna visit those graves and pray rosaries, uh, reparation for the sins that that particular person committed and their, and their walk toward eternity? So it's just important that after studies have been completed, that the body is brought to a church so that the church can have a proper burial of your loved one. So, yeah, the church is certainly open to that because we want your loved one to be a saint. We want your loved one to to complete their purgatory in a timely manner so that way they could be considered one of the saints uh, in the body of Christ. And so we, we should do anything and everything we can to facilitate their experience of being drawn by the love of God through our prayers of intercession into the kingdom of heaven. Speaking of heaven, the next question comes in from Emma and it's about the Old Testament saints. Emma writes this. Maybe you have answered this question already, but I'm listening to your show from the beginning, so forgive me. Do we regard the people from the Old Testament and the Bible as saints? I thought about this question because if I were to ask for the intercession of Moses, first, is that okay to do? And second, do I just call him Moses or Saint Moses? Thank you and I love your show, uh, Emma. Yeah, that's, this is a really, really, really good question. So, um, can you ask for the intercession of Old Testament figures like Moses, um, like Elijah? Yes, yes, you can. Are they saints? Yes, they are saints. Uh, remember whenever Jesus Christ was at the uh, mountain of Tabar, uh, where the transfiguration happened, uh, he was in dialogue with Moses who died in the, after the first five books of the Bible. Remember, Rose, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, um, and he dies. And he appears talking to Jesus. He's alive. And Elijah also appeared with Moses talking to Jesus. And Peter, James, and John, they saw it. So uh, they are certainly in heaven, uh, but uh, not 
And everyone in heaven is a saint, right? Even angels. We call Michael and Gabriel and Raphael Saint Michael and Saint Gabriel and Saint Raphael because they're in heaven. To be in heaven is to be a saint. Whether you're a canonized saint is is another story, but just to be in heaven is to be a saint. And so Moses and Elijah are figures who are in heaven. And so you can certainly ask angels and saints in heaven, those canonized, those beatified, those that we know by name, and those we do not know by name, to, to certainly pray for us in our walk toward eternity. The Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us in paragraph 61 that the patriarchs and the prophets and certain other Old Testament figures have been and always will be honored as saints in all the church's liturgical traditions. So this is coming from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, that they are honored as saints. Now, in the West, we typically just call them holy men and women, but we know that they're saints. Uh, in the East, they call them saints. And so in Eastern Catholicism, they call them St. Moses, St. Elijah. In Western Catholicism, we just call them Moses and Elijah. But in the Roman martyrology, the Old Testament figures, many of them are included um, there as well. And so uh, you can certainly reach out to Abraham and to, to David and to Elijah and to so many others, uh, Judith and Jael, to ask them for their intercession. And your walk to becoming a saint. God created each and every single one of us for no other reason than because God desires for all of us to become saints. And so it's just important for us to recognize that those Old Testament figures are interceding for us and they desire for us to imitate them in their virtues so that we can persevere in our walk toward heaven. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about Veronica, the, the veil of Veronica. If you prayed the stations, you heard about her. And so who is she? What's the story? Let's talk about it. Stay tuned. Wouldn't it be nice to have a Bible that actually explains how to navigate it and make sense of it? A Bible that includes a detailed plan for how to read it with a page layout that's designed for study and personal devotion? Now, for the first time ever, there is a Catholic Bible that does just that. A Bible that incorporates the same color-coded learning system that has proven so effective in the Great Adventure studies. I have had the privilege of working with some of the most talented biblical scholars of our day, Mary Healy, Andrew Swafford, and Peter Williamson, to create the Great Adventure Catholic Bible. This Bible makes the complex simple as it guides you through the narrative woven throughout salvation history. The translation is the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition, an elegant, accurate, and modern Catholic translation. The Great Adventure Catholic Bible is perfect for your personal devotion and Bible study, or as a gift for friends and family. If you want to understand sacred scripture and be transformed by the Word of God, then this is the Bible for you. Pick up your copy at ascensionpress.com. All right, and we are back. Don't forget, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.ascensionpress.com dot com slash ask father josh also rate us and review us on itunes spotify google play and other podcast formats that will help other people to find out about the show and you can share us on your social media pages if it's been good for you potentially it could be good for other people as well and you can buy my new book on earth as it is in heaven restoring god's vision for race and discipleship at www.assistionpress.com slash on earth again that's www.assistionpress.com slash on earth Check out the new book. It took me six years to write it. I, I'm just so grateful that it's finally out. And I can't wait to, to just hear, hear your experience of reading the book and, and see if you were able to implement any of these suggestions in your own community so that you can cultivate unity 
in the body of Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Last question comes in from Osage. She writes about Veronica in the Bible. I want to know more about the sixth station of the cross. Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. I can't seem to uh, see this reference in the Bible. I assume Veronica is one of the women of Jerusalem who wept for Jesus. Can you please explain more and give some Bible references? Thank you. Okay, so this is actually really good. Um, can I give a Bible reference for you? No, I can't do that because Veronica and the story of her wiping the face of Jesus is not in the sacred scriptures. It is not a biblical account. Uh, so if it's not a biblical account, then then what's the story? Well, back in the day in the old times in the early church. Uh, so many years ago in the church, uh, uh, there were disciples of Jesus Christ who found a relic, a relic in Rome that is believed to have the imprint of the face of Jesus on a piece of cloth. They believe that this, this piece of cloth that had the face of Jesus imprinted on it was wiped during his passion. And so it's called a vera icon, true image. And so it's called the true image in order to make sure that people were able to tell it apart from other false images that were out there or other you know, painted images. Like this is a true image of the face of Jesus. Historians think that the name Veronica comes from that term, vera icon, right? Other people... Uh, just say that that it refers to the veil. The, the Veronica is actually referring to the veil. If you go back to the scriptures, though, there is a story where Christ encountered women who were weeping. And so it could have been possible that a woman was holding a cloth and wiped the face of Jesus during that time. Either way, what we know is this, is that there was a real person, there was a real action. And so the event did happen. We just don't know if the actual person's name was Veronica. We do know that a person did this, right? There's also mystics in the church uh, who have written extensively about this, who've had mystical visions. Again, they're not infallible, but Anne Catherine Emmerich wrote about this in Dolores Passions, and I, I think that Venerable Mary Vergrita also maybe wrote about this in The Mystical City of God. These are two women who were mystics in the church who write about this as well. So uh, just because it's not a specific biblical reference does not mean it didn't happen not everything that happened is contained in the Bible. John says that uh, in the gospel, he says, if we were to write down everything, it would be impossible. Uh, so, yes, what we do know is that an event happened with a person wiping the face of Jesus with a cloth. It could have been a person named Veronica. She could have been named uh, LaMonica. Who knows? But she was a person and the cloth does have the face of Jesus. So, whoop, there it is. All right, that wraps up today's show. Uh, stay tuned next week uh, so that we can continue to accompany each other in our relationship with Jesus and the church he founded 2,000 years ago. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I shall God bless. I will see you in the Eucharist. Amen.